Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. One of the interesting aspects of uh, holding weekly discussions about legal topics is that uh, you know, even though we might cover a certain topic, if we wait long enough, uh, laws impacting that topic are likely to be revised or come and go entirely. So we can always revisit without really ever running out of things to discuss. And that works very much in my favor. And I think uh, for people listening with an interest in law, it uh, certainly works in your favor as well. With that in mind, uh, we're going to turn our attention today to family law. And when we do so, it's always a benefit to be able to reach out to attorney Emil Alcas. Emil, a partner at Lavelle Law Limited, will join me today to discuss changes to maintenance laws here in Illinois over the past few months. Uh, glad to have everyone with you again. This is uh, Jim Mitchell, and, and it's nice when I can get a guest with the knowledge and experience of a meal. Uh, it serves you, the listener, and certainly um, allows us to get right to work and get to a topic. So, Emil, I know you've had a busy day. Thanks for taking a few minutes to join me today. Oh, absolutely. Great to be back. Now, in the past, um, we used to use the word alimony in discussions like this, and, and now I hear the word maintenance. Are we talking essentially about the same thing? Um, yes, it's exactly the same things. Uh, <clears throat> some jurisdictions, some states use the term alimony still. It's a little bit more of an antiquated term now. It's uh, commonly referred to as spousal maintenance. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you hear the word alimony or maintenance, it's it's exactly the same thing. Okay, so we've we've got uh, something there that uh, you know interchangeable term, as you said, perhaps a new term now. We've also discussed in the past, and uh, we've done some work uh, talking about child support as. Uh, part of any divorce or separation agreement when children are involved. Um, can I assume, though, that, that maintenance is a completely separate item from child support? It is, right. So child support is support that a parent, uh, a non-custodial parent, would pay to the other parent that has custody of the children for the support and maintenance of a child. And those are for expenses related to, you know, um, day-to-day things like food, groceries, or help defray costs of uh, housing, you know, children in the same home as yourself. Um, and that goes strictly to the children. And, uh, you know, there's a formula and there's a, uh, there's certain items and, and factors that are involved in, in determining what child support is. Uh, maintenance is completely different. What that is is support that one spouse pays for the ex-spouse for his or her support. Um, this is basically the, the concept is that during the course of a marriage, a person was accustomed to a certain style of living or standard of living, so to speak, and maintenance is there to help somebody maintain that standard of life after the divorce. Um, so, you know, it's not a perfect system, but it's there to help uh, spouses, ex spouses in a divorce proceeding. Uh, for their own support and care. So it's not child support. This is support that they're getting uh, from mm-hmm. the other spouse. And, and I, I don't want to get off track here, but just very briefly, when, when you're handling divorces in cases like that, ultimately does the court provide two separate rulings or responses and one for maintenance and one for child support? They're sort of kept separate? 
Um, it, you know, it could be done both ways. Some courts will do it separate, so they'll have an award for child support and then a, a different award for maintenance. Some will do what's called unallocated support, so you're awarding a sum of money to a party, but you're not really titling it either child support or maintenance, and that person can use whatever monthly payments they're receiving for any purpose, whether it's to pay their mortgage or is it to buy shoes for little Jimmy. Um, you know, And there's different tax consequences associated with that, um, but essentially it could be done in both ways. Okay. And with child support, I think you mentioned a few minutes ago, and we've heard in the past how there is a specific formula that is used, at least here in the state of Illinois, what about maintenance? Are, are there specific factors that the court follows to determine that amount, or is it more uh, at the discretion of, of the presiding judge in that particular case? So for for child support, right, there's a formula and there's a percentage that the courts will use. Um, in the past, alimony did not have one. Um, and just recently this year, that's changed. Now there's actual guidelines on how a judge will calculate it. But before... It was up to the judge's discretion. Uh, it actually would be a two-fold test. And number one is, does the party even need maintenance? So that's the first consideration. And then there's certain factors uh, that the courts will look at to determine whether somebody even needs maintenance to begin with. And then the second step is, if they do need maintenance, how much? And you know, before before the new statute, um, you were sort of left guessing. I mean, you would you would typically know some judges rule this way, some judges rule the other way. Uh, but it was really a crapshoot in terms of what a judge would award and for how long. Uh, but now we have some guidance. So under the new statute, um, you know, the first step is still the same. Does the party still need maintenance? And the judge still has to review all of those factors that the statute sets forth to determine whether somebody's eligible to get maintenance. And then step two gives us some guidance now in terms of how a judge should calculate um, the maintenance award, and again, it's not mandatory. Uh, a mm-hmm. judge can not follow the statute, but it, it's it's set up so that it gives some guidance to the courts to to make a ruling on what somebody should receive. Okay, all right. You've got me scribbling questions all over the place here as you go through this. Very very interesting so far, and I want to I guess follow up first of all on um, you, you know the process. Um, you, you mentioned that this is a recent change. Now we're talking about Illinois law. Is this something that just went into effect in the last couple of months, or what was the timeline on the change here? Uh, correct. So it, it passed um, in the Senate and the House in August of 2014, and it officially became law January 1st of this year. Okay. So it's just a few months now that you've had the opportunity to you know start to experience this. And while it does not sound like there's hard and fast formulas, can you kind of give us a, a look at what some of the factors are that the statute would suggest that the that the judge follow in making determinations now? Sure, yeah. And so <clears throat> typically what the courts will look at is if a, if a couple makes in excess of $250,000 or less, if somebody is making two fifty dollars or less combined income, then the courts are directed to follow this new statute formula. Uh, anybody that makes 250 or above, the courts are allowed to use the old standard, the old formula, basically. I mean, it wasn't a formula, uh, but you know, do it the way they mm-hmm. used to do it by just whatever discretion they had, whatever they thought was relevant, 
and come up with their own dollar figure. But now we have some guidance for couples that make or earn a combined income of $250,000 or less. And what the new statute says is to, the way to calculate maintenance um, is you take the the person that's going to be paying maintenance, so let's say the husband. The husband's order to pay maintenance to the wife. So the husband, what the court will look at is take 20%, or excuse me, 30% of his gross income. And that number, whatever that number comes out to be, you subtract that with what 20% of the wife's income is. Now this gets a little okay. tricky because mm-hmm. whatever that dollar amount is cannot be greater than 40% of the combined uh, incomes. So uh, it's probably easier if I just give you some math. So I'm just sure. math right now. Um, okay. So let's say uh, let's say a husband makes fifty thousand dollars a year, right? So we okay. take thirty percent of that. So that's fifteen thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. Wife makes thirty thousand gross a year. So we do twenty percent of that. So that's six thousand dollars. Now simple math would say you know fifteen percent or fifteen thousand minus six thousand. Um, this this lady should get $9,000 a year in maintenance from the husband. Um, but that's that's not correct because if we add $9,000 to her $30,000 gross income, that puts the parties over 40% of their combined incomes. Mm-hmm. And therefore, she would only get the difference of what the 40% figure would be. So 40% of, of this couple's income, so 40% of $80,000 um, – is you know thirty two thousand dollars, right? Okay. So if we awarded her nine thousand dollars from him, plus and you know she's earning thirty thousand from her income, so that puts her at thirty nine thousand. So that's over forty percent of the couple's combined income. And so when that happens, in this particular scenario, she's going to get thirty nine thousand minus thirty two thousand. So she's only going to get, um, you know, the difference of those two numbers annually. It's, okay. it's confusing, you know, but it, typically it's 30% of the gross income of the payor mm-hmm. minus 20% of the income of the person receiving maintenance. That's basically what that dollar, so that dollar amount, whatever that is, is annual. So you mm-hmm. take that number divided by 12, and that's how much that person is going to get per month. Um, however, you know, there's a caveat. If that number is 40% greater than the combined incomes, then there's um, an adjustment made for that. Now, that okay. gets you to the dollar figure, right? Then the next question is, okay, well, I know I owe her $2,000 a month, but how long do I pay? Um, so the statute makes that clear now. So what they say is any party that's married zero to five years, you pay 20%. Um, so 20% of those years of marriage, you'll pay in maintenance, right? So, you know, so let's say, um, you know, a couple is married five years. So if a couple is married for five years, he only has to pay for a year of maintenance, so 20% of that. So how internet in and then it goes up increasingly depending on how long the party has been married. So. Um, so zero to five years, you're only paying for 20% of the length of marriage. Uh, if you're married from five to 10 years, then you're paying 40%. Um, 10 to 15 is 60%. 15 
15 to 20 is 80%, and then anything over 20 you would pay for as long as you were married, or a judge has discretion to just to make it permanent at that point. Hmm. So okay. there's a lot of uh, information I'm throwing at you right now, um, <laughs> but you know, but it, it, it makes it easier once you sit down and actually look at, um, once you start doing the math, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can see where a guideline would help uh, in, in some of these instances to at least have a structure for uh, for you and and your clients to sort of plan according to you know what what might then happen. Um, and, and it come, you know brings the question then, and again, I suppose this could be an entirely another topic for us to discuss. But you talk about a couple that may have been married zero to five years, or perhaps five to ten. They're making a certain amount of money. Not out of the question that over time each of their incomes will change as their careers move on. Their incomes can go up, or perhaps they lose a job at some point or out of work. Um, do we still see opportunities then for maintenance uh, to be changed based on those factors? Uh, yes. So maintenance, just like child support, is modifiable unless unless the parties agree to to lock it in, and there's a benefit to that. So if if the parties don't agree. Then yes, any any what we call substantial change that occurs. So if somebody loses a job, somebody wins the lottery, anything that either decreases somebody's income or increases it, the other party has the ability to go back into court and ask for a review of the original maintenance award. Um, however, some parties agree to lock that dollar figure in, and that helps both sides, right? So that helps the payor in that wife can never come back and ask for more money. And it helps the payee because, hey, if he loses his job, tough luck. You still owe me this money. So there's advantages to that, and you know that's part of negotiating a divorce. Um, most judges, though, if you leave it up to a judge, they're going to say it's reviewable, so or, or excuse me, modifiable, meaning that mm-hmm. you know something happens, either party can come back into court and ask for a review of the dollar amount. Well, I mentioned it uh, at the beginning of the conversation here. I'm always fortunate when Emil Alcas of uh, Lavelle Law can join me. And as you've just heard, a lot of information in a very brief discussion. So I want to take a minute here to thank Emil for joining us. Uh, we talked about changes in maintenance laws uh, for divorce or separation and a lot more we can talk about, a lot more you can learn. And if uh, you'd like to do that, uh, why don't you visit LavelleLaw.com. Uh, you'll find uh, a number of articles that were authored by Emil there. You'll find his past podcasts, of which there are numerous. And uh, in the not-too-distant future, you can also see a, a video that we're working on with Emil to talk about uh, child support in particular. So uh, many thanks to him for being here. You can always uh, visit us at Blog Talk Radio for more information. And I hope you'll do that for our next conversation. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.